It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Joe Burrow needs an appendectomy. When will he be back to practice? Plus, we'll get into some special teams comments from yesterday's Mock Turtle Soup Day. But really, Joe Burrow needs an appendectomy. You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. I'm your host, Jake Lisko. He's raising the roof. His name is James Rapine. Together, we are the Locked On Bengals podcast, covering your team, the Cincinnati Bengals, every day on the Locked On Podcast Network. You can find us free and available anywhere you get your podcast and on YouTube, so make sure you hit the subscribe button, the follow button. If you're new to the show, we will be covering the Bengals five days a week, all season long, and that Starts with training camp, which as of the time of recording this episode on Tuesday evening, starts tomorrow. By the time you listen to this, if you're listening on your way home from work, perhaps after the Bengals have had their first day of practice. But that first day of practice does not include a guy whose name starts with J, and that's Jesse Bates. (laughs) But also Joe Burrow, who, as it happens, needs an appendectomy. He's got some appendicitis. He's been feeling sick this week. And Ian Rappaport reporting on Wednesday morning or maybe afternoon Eastern time that Joe Burrow needs an appendectomy. Now, James, I've looked and many, many people have chimed in on this. So you probably already know this, but typically 10 to 14 day recovery. Looking at recent quarterbacks, Matt Castle, Ben Roethlisberger, although that wasn't recent, that was 2005. And a backup for the Rams, John... Warford, maybe Wolford. Don't remember that one exactly, but all these guys missed a week is the point. They they had an appendectomy right before a game. They were back the following week. Alexander Madison, the running back for the Vikings, missed a couple weeks, but that's a running back. So who knows? Maybe some differences there, perhaps a different procedure for Madison versus Joe Burrow. Sounds like everything with his appendectomy is expected to be standard, according to Mike Garofolo. And so shouldn't be too bad. Not the end of the world, but another offseason that Joe Burrow doesn't get to have a normal offseason. He probably did a little bit of rehab early in the offseason for his knee, for his pinky, and we were excited for him to have a full training camp, and I know the Bengals were too. But instead, he'll miss week, two weeks. We'll see how quickly the Bengals get him back. Is it a big deal? I don't think it's a huge deal, but he does miss a lot of the early camp practices, which again, shouldn't be a huge issue for him. Maybe not so good for the offensive line, trying to get that chemistry going. Maybe not so good for the receivers, but in the grand scheme of things, not the worst time for this to happen. If it had to happen during the football season. No, not the worst time, not the best time either. It would have been nice to heck while he was undergoing that rehab and doing that rehab on his knee and, you know, mid Feb, you know, late February, early March wouldn't have been a bad time. Unfortunately, you don't get to pick when, uh, you know, you get appendicitis and have to have it removed and have your appendix removed. So yeah. I mean, am I worried about week one? Hell no. Am I worried about 
him not playing in the preseason, not going to play in the preseason anyway. So let's just take the long route here, you know, two weeks. Well, how do you think he was going to even play a full half in the preseason? Maybe, but I, I don't think that, you know, they're going to go the route of, oh, well, now Burrow's healthy from the knee. Remember last year he played the three snaps? I don't think he plays 50 snaps in the preseason, right? So it's not like he's going to miss out on much anyway if he missed the first preseason game. And that's the thing here is I don't think they'll have him throw. I don't think it'll be a week. I think they're going to play it super safe. It's not like it's urgent like the season where you need a guy to suck it up and Nah, I, I don't think so at all. So it might be more than a week just because it is training camp and you can get by without him. That said, you mentioned it, the pinky, the uh, throat contusion that he suffered last year. This dude's tough and he seems to heal pretty fast, which his father, Jimmy, will, will tell you he's always healed really fast. So it wouldn't be shocking at all if you know we saw him at least on the practice field could we see him Saturday for back together Saturday, just on the field, walking around? It wouldn't shock me. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but it wouldn't shock me. And that's a pretty quick turnaround considering he had that surgery on Tuesday. And uh, a small correction there, Garofalo did not, and I always butcher his name, so apologies. He, he did not report on what kind of appendectomy is expected. Actually, according to Ben Baby, the procedure was likely to be within the next 48 hours. Did you hear that it had been completed, James? I, I had thought that it was, and then it had been, like today, Tuesday. Okay. Maybe maybe not. Maybe there's they're delaying it and waiting for whatever reason. But uh, last I checked, yeah, that was the, the thought. Now, if he has it Thursday, will he be there Saturday? Probably not. I don't. I, he's superhuman, but I don't know if he's super, superhuman. And so that there's that aspect of it. But... And we talked about this with Lyle Collins and Alex Kappa. As long as you're there September 11th and you're healthy and good to go, that's what matters. And I think Burrow has gotten plenty of work in the past couple of days anyway. I know he was working with T. Higgins. Um, so I, it would not be – I wouldn't be that concerned. It does suck, though, that he had to undergo surgery at all, any surgery, this close to, to camp and him being dialed in and all of those things. That part – stinks but he's mentally tough and i think he'll get past it pretty quick wouldn't be shocked at all if uh you, you know as we're recording this the surgery could be done right we don't know for sure but if it is he's already thinking about how he's going to get back on the field and you know start playing at a, an mvp level yeah and paul Daner jr talked to tracy childs who's the chief of surgery at providence st john's health center in santa monica california they said it is a bread and butter surgery minimally invasive he'll miss a week or maybe two of practice when he's comfortable enough to practice he can practice without restrictions the risks are very small so common obviously procedure something that hospitals are very familiar with something that can be done very minimally invasively and i imagine that will be the case for burrow and with the toughness you talked about james as soon as he's feeling good i'm imagining he will be pushing to be back i bet you the team will try to maybe put the reins on him a little bit and try to protect him a little bit, but he will be, I imagine, raring to go. And so not a huge issue, like we've said, probably missing practices without pads anyway mm -hmm. as they ease into training camp, especially for the first week, especially with Zach Taylor training camps that we've talked about in the past aren't incredibly physically demanding, but never ideal to, to miss the physical reps, even if he is able to get the mental reps in. 
Should it have an impact on the season? The bottom line is no. I, I think that if Bengals coaches are talking about expecting Jesse Bates to be able to report one week before the regular season and be mm-hmm. fine, I think we can be fine if Joe Burrow has to miss a handful of training camp practices. Like he'll be back for the Rams joint practices for sure back by then, probably back in, in like we said, 10, 10 days or so, a week or two from the surgery. So we'll find out a little bit more potentially once that surgery is completed or once we hear confirmation that the surgery is completed. And honestly, those joint practices, they're going to get, Burrow's going to get more out of them than he does any of the preseason games. Any of them. Oh, yeah. The so, games don't matter at all. I 100% agree with you on that. Yeah. Like, the, the Rams didn't play a single offensive starter in, in the preseason last year, as far as I know. They won the Super Bowl. The Bengals hardly played their starters last year in the preseason outside of a handful of rookies. They almost won the Super Bowl. So I don't think that playing your starters in the preseason really goes hand in hand with postseason success as much as some of the traditionalists of the NFL might like to have you believe. Now, that is it for the Joe Burrow news. Unfortunately, we won't be able to talk about Joe Burrow hitting Jamar Chase tomorrow, but we can keep an eye on those specialists. We can keep an eye on those jerseys that are coming on Saturday. The Bengals announcing on Tuesday what jerseys will be worn with those white tiger helmets. I don't think it's a good decision, James, but we'll break it down coming up next. Level with me. We've all been in a situation at some point where we need a little extra cash and it just, you know, you need to make ends meet or make sure you take care uh, of a bill that was unexpected. Well, Dave can help you do that. Dave, who's Dave? It's the banking app that helps you get up to $500 instantly. Not 50, like I almost said, up to $500 instantly. There's no interest. There's no credit check needed. So you can finally tackle those expenses that you need to take care of now. So if you're in a pinch and you need some extra help, Dave can help right now. You can download the Dave app from the app store right now. That's D-A-V-E. Sign up for an extra cash account and get up to $500 instantly. For terms and conditions, go to dave.com slash legal instant transfer fees do apply. Banking provided by, by Evolve member FDIC future you will thank you with Dave if you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason look no further than the locked on NFL scouting podcast join the draft dudes Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL draft If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. James, we have uniforms to go with those white tiger helmets. Oh, yeah. And I think this, I think Ace Boogie did a poll. So shout out to Ace on what jerseys folks would prefer with the white tiger helmets. I think it was the the current whites versus the uh, the the old color rush. Mm-hmm. The Bengals have announced that the color rush jerseys are returning. The old color rush jerseys, as old as they can be, a few years old, and they will be worn with the new white Bengal helmets. Mm-hmm. I don't love this, and and here's why. 
to me, there are differences. Certainly there are differences between the color rush jerseys and the current white jerseys that the Bengals have. The differences though, to justify an alternate uniform, I hope this is a one-year deal and there's something new coming in the future. Maybe they just couldn't get an alternate uniform together quickly enough to go with the helmets and they decided to go with the color rush because that is the rule stipulated by the NFL. They must be worn with an alternate or color rush jersey. And if that's the case, then this is a great way to get them out in front of the fans. And there is good synergy with the orange bee on the helmet, the orange bee being the only orange, as far as I remember, maybe with the the Nike swoosh on the on the shoulders on the color rush jerseys. But I don't love the shoulders of the color rush jerseys. That's mm-hmm. all. And I don't love that they're going with just like a similar white shirt that they have with their other white shirts. That said, the black letters are really nice. The, the color rush jerseys are very clean. I was just personally hoping for something new, and I'm still hoping that something new is coming next year or in the future uh, because just recycling an old thing is just not as exciting for me. Always wanting more. Always. Jake Lisko, never satisfied, right? Um, if you're not things. hungry, what are you doing? W- one, well, the Bengals are going to be hungry on September 29th because that's when they're going to wear Thursday night football, week four in the jungle, a whiteout. Love the idea. I tried to hint at it earlier this week because I had a good feeling. I'm not going to pretend like I knew. I had a good feeling that it was the color rush. and uh, Or was it late last week? Maybe it was late. No, it was this week. It was definitely this week because last week I was on a beach trying to get tan. Um, yeah, so not shocked by this one bit. I think it looks really good. And it looks good. I'm not saying it doesn't look good to be clear. It's, it's the newness factor. Yeah. I think that's, that's the, you're right. You wanted to be surprised or, you know, you wanted something new and there is something that comes with that and where you just get excited because it's, it's new. I love it. I, I think they made the, the right call. If you're going to go with an alternate uniform, um, go with one that we, let's be honest, thought was awesome. And I still think it's awesome. I think the day the uniforms were revealed, the Bengals uniforms, if I would have said, you like all of those better than the color rush, people would have been like, ah, it's close. If we would have went back and did a poll, because the color rush uniforms were their only good uniform from t- 2016 to 2020. The other ones yeah. were just kind of bland. It was time to to move on from them. So I think they look great. I, I like that they're a little different um, than what they currently have in I do get it. It's not as exciting um, as if, let's say, they came out with a black and white version of the the late '90s uniforms that people were talking about. I know on social media there's a lot of spe- you know speculation about that. I like the color rush better. I don't want to go back to to the '90s necessarily. Uh, now going back at all kind of stinks. I get it. I understand that it's not as exciting. I think that uh, they look awesome though. So. It's okay. We lose a little mystique, I guess, but overall, you're getting the white helmets. They're going with the color rush jerseys. Would have made a ton of sense in 2016. NFL rules didn't allow it. They got it right, and they're bringing the color rush right, uh, color rush back. I'll take it. Yeah, and this is what people wanted when the original color rush jerseys came out. So in that sense, they're getting what they want. And there are some differences between the jerseys. They're not exactly the same as the current white jerseys. Instead of Bengals, it's just the Bengals B. Instead of the orange outline on the letters, it's just uh, on the numbers. Sorry, it's just a, a black number. There's a black collar. The white stripes on the shoulder pads get me. I, I that that has always been something that once it was pointed out to me that those are white stripes and no tigers have white stripes. 
that uh, that always got me a little bit because the stripes elsewhere are, are black stripes, but it does look very clean. So certainly give them plenty of credit for that. I'm hoping there's innovation in the future, but my, my criticism is not about the look or anything. It's just I wanted I wanted something new. Like you said, always, always striving for more here on the Lockdown Bengals podcast. Well, if you want something new, you got anything else on uniforms? Because if you want something new, you might get it on special teams. And that's where we should go next. You don't have anything else? Just give me a nod. No, I got nothing else. Let's All go right. talk about punters. Uh, let's, let's talk about the newness that could be coming forth in Darren Simmons' special teams room. And it's not just punters. It's also the holder. It's also long snapper. It's also kick returner, maybe, punt returner, maybe, dot, dot, dot. But first, I got to tell you about Bet Online. It's the fastest and easiest way to check in and bet on all of the sporting events that you could think of from NFL, futures bets, Joe Burrow overcoming an appendectomy to become MVP. You could wager on that. You could wager on the Bengals' chances of finishing the job in 2022 or Maybe you want to look at, I don't know, the Boston Celtics in the NBA and their future odds to land Kevin Durant. You can do all of that in one spot, bet online. So don't delay. Go there now. Sign up for free and get to betting. Get to winning. I've used them. You should too. Bet online where the game starts. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Specialists. Everyone's favorite topic on the Locked On Bengals podcast ever since Evan McPherson was selected by the Cincinnati Bengals and became the Kicker on the all 25 and under team, I think unanimously. I think any 25 and under team would have Evan McPherson as a kicker right now. Hmm. Evan McPherson is not I don't the topic know. Kate, of our... Ever heard of him? I'm just Who? kidding. Cade York, I was kidding. Is that the guy the Browns drafted in <laughs> yeah, the fourth yeah, round? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I have heard of him, turns out. So the topic of this conversation will not be Evan McPherson. The topic of this conversation will be Darren Simmons' comments about Drew Chrisman. I think that is the spiciest of all of our special teams battles, unless it's at returner where a number of guys, Darren Simmons straight up said, if they're not returning punts or kicks, they're not on the team. Sounds Kwame like Brandon, Lassiter, Kwame Lasseter and Puka Williams specifically. Right. Yeah. Which makes sense because that is the role for those guys. Now Kwame Lasseter could probably play some other special teams units as well, but if his primary value is as a returner, then that is what he will need to do to win a roster spot. I think that'll be hard, but when you compare Kwame Lasseter, who at least I think has a little bit of size on a guy like Trent Taylor, he has more potential to play on coverage units as well because of that. You could see that if you're looking at a wide receiver to be a punt returner. One other surprise that we can talk about is Brandon Wilson sounding much safer than I had previously assumed. I thought that Brandon Wilson's roster spot with drafting two safeties was in a bit of jeopardy, but... Darren Simmons, the way he talked about Wilson, 
Sounds like it's his job to lose a kick returner, even though I thought Chris Evans was really good in that role for the Bengals last year. So those are the interesting special teams notes. And I didn't mention Cal Adamitis, and that is interesting. But I think that he has a longer and harder road to winning the job than any of these other roster battles in the special teams area. Well, let's start with the the kickoff returner part of it. Cause I did, I talked to Simmons too, and I don't think it's that cut and dry. I think Brandon Wilson's a question mark and not just to make the team, but to be healthy because he's not right now as of we record this now, could that change? Could they activate him? Could that happen? Sure. Is he proven? Absolutely. And when he's right, he's one of the best kickoff returners in the NFL. The problem is, will he be right from the jump? I don't know. Now, Darren Simmons is a coach. He's going to bank on, proven guys and i think that's the the hurdle that the kwame lassiter's the puka williams is the cow adamitis is the drew christmans that they have to overcome during all these battles but is he that same guy and i think he's gonna have to show it to earn that roster spot i don't think it is you know just uh you know brandon wilson's job to to lose necessarily i think he's gonna have to win it and so we'll see there um as far as cow adamitis well hold on let's let's stay on Wilson for a second, just in case you anyone's forgotten ACL torn November 7th last year. So we all know how quickly Joe Burrow got back. Not everyone gets back that quickly and a bit of a different position, right? Coming back from an ACL to play kickoff returner to play safety a little bit different. But on June 14th, Zach Taylor did say that Brandon Wilson was looking on track for training camp. So it might not be too long for him there but the other thing with Wilson the last thing on Wilson I wanted to mention before we move on to some of the other specialist battles is he played on all the special teams units essentially except for kicking field goals and maybe field goal blocks for the Bengals and there are only so many players for the Bengals that had that much versatility on special teams in addition to being a returner that's that's a problem with Trent Taylor, who will be in the mix for punt returner, not as much for kick returner, but he doesn't contribute as much in the other special teams areas. And so that's that's where Brandon Wilson may have an, an additional leg up, not only for his safety experience and his experience with the Bengals and Darren Simmons familiarity and track record as a returner, but also the fact that he plays all of these other special teams roles, kick coverage, punt coverage, et cetera, and I think that sometimes that can be an underrated aspect when you start to look at roster battles that I kind of lost track of because I thought the Bengals would be able to find other guys to do it when I thought Wilson was very much a fringe roster candidate. And he still probably isn't a battle, but it sounded to me from Darren Simmons like he was more likely to make the team right now than I had previously thought. Chris Evans, though, can do that. You know, but, but so did he? And if he's a second he running did. back, I mean, does he continue to? Detroit? I mean, Detroit, yeah. He had a huge... And he played on his first yeah. snaps in the Super Bowl were on punt or kickoff coverage. I'm not sure which one, but it was like on one of the coverage teams. Um, no, I look, I'm not saying Brandon Wilson won't make the team. I just think he has to go out there and prove it still. Evans is a lock. So it's not like it's not like yeah. Taylor versus Lassiter versus um, Puka Williams and whoever else you want to throw in the punt return battle where they're battling for that one spot. I just think Brandon Wilson, they can find a kickoff returner that's going to make the team. His name's Chris Evans. So he's going to have to show it. And maybe he does show it those it, with those other, in those other ways. A mm-hmm. uh, couple things. I know Kwame Lassiter has gotten some hype. A lot of people have, have, have hyped him up. I don't think he was necessarily great at punt returning, 
when I saw him in the limited time during OTAs, the limited time that they did that. Now, could he look much better when we see him at camp? Maybe, and we'll see. But I agree with Simmons. I mean, that's the path. And ideally for the Bengals, honestly, I think it would be like a Kwame Lassiter that would be the punt returner or someone that could give you some true versatility uh, as a receiver if you need him to, to play receiver. Trent Taylor, there is no versatility. He is a slot, slot, slot guy, and, and that's it. And so uh, not saying Lassiter wouldn't play in the slot, but if, if it's a guy that could split out wide occasionally if you needed him to, you feel good about it, right? Mike Thomas can do both if you need him to here and there. And so I don't really think Puka Williams could do that. I certainly don't think Trent Taylor can do that. And so ideally, Lassiter emerging might be the, the the way to go because of what he could bring on offense if he delivers in that area too, and, and we'll see if he can. But if, if Puka or Trent win it, they're just kind of gadget slash slot guys that are also going to be punt returners, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Kwame Lasseter, 5'11", 185 is what he's listed at back at Kansas. Did play outside and in the slot at Kansas. Did play a little bit on kick coverage teams, but I imagine there's a bit of an uphill battle there for him, especially when you consider like who the other special teams all-stars or, or regulars were for the Bengals last year. So Samaj P. Ryan, Stanley Morgan, Mitchell Wilcox, Marcus Bailey, Drew Sample, Trey Flowers. Like not direct competition there, but if you're looking at your roster battles and you're looking for guys that may have a leg up because of their special teams prowess, those are the guys that led the Bengals in special team snaps last year. So for guys like Trey Flowers or Mitch Wilcox or like even Samaj P. Ryan potentially to some degree or Mike Thomas to safety, unless other guys are playing special teams as well as those guys did, Clay Johnston, the linebacker as well, then that could be a little bit of an edge for those guys as they try to make the team. For sure. No, I I, I agree with that. I think, uh, man, it's crazy that we could spend a whole segment on on special teams. I mean, we haven't really talked about punter or long snapper yet. Um, let's, Let's talk about punter because to me, this is still Kevin Huber's job to lose and not because he's still a great punter because I don't, I think he's okay. I think he can be good. Can he be good for 17 weeks plus the postseason? I'm not sure about that anymore, but where he's really good at is holding and holding. Now, honestly, I think they said 50, 50. I think Darren Simmons said that during the off season, it's like 50% holding 50% punting. And I know punting is important. I'm not downplaying it. I actually think holding on this team are we talking 60%? I mean, we're talking yeah. – you have arguably the second-best kicker in the NFL. You have an offense that should put up 30-plus points with a uh, a Joe Burrow that's going to be a little lighter after that appendectomy. He's going to be able to move around in the pocket even better now. I mean, sheesh, best shape of his life. Uh, so 30-plus points a game is realistic, so you, you need a reliable holder. So that's the part. Can Drew Chrisman show it consistently? Because if he can – and he has a good rapport with Evan McPherson and, and whoever's snapping, whether it's Cal Adamitis or Clark Harris. I think he's got a real shot here to outpunt yeah. Kevin Huber. Yeah, I think I think that I agree with you on all counts. I think we've talked about it before, but I think you know Darren Simmons also echoed it in, in talking about the challenge that's there. That's a challenge they wanted to be in place last year, and they regret, I think, or or wish he hadn't been hurt so there this competition could have played out last year and, and this year 
barring another weird injury for Drew Chrisman, this competition does get to play out. And so that one will be, I think, one of the more high-profile battles we watch as much as we can watch them. I mean, get your stopwatches ready for hang time. Start watching how far those punts go. Start start keeping track of how clean the holds are because this is going to be this is going to be punter gate, right? This is what we're going to be watching in Bengals camp, especially without Joe Burrow present. And in addition to those camp battles we talked about, uh, what was it last week? We did our camp previews. You can go check mm-hmm. those out as well. The last one is going to be Cal Adamitis, who I think, you know, best long snapper in the draft for sure is, is what we were told, what we heard from those that evaluate such things. And you talked about an OTA is just a size difference between him and Clark Harris. I think that's part of it. I also think nothing is deteriorating for Clark Harris yet. He's still playing at the same high level that he's played at throughout his Bengals career. And so competition is great. And if they can stash Cal Adamitis, Cal Adamitis for next year, or if Clark Harris does, God forbid, sustain an injury, then then great. But to me, this is you mentioned it being Kevin Huber's job to lose. I think this is to a greater degree even than that, Clark Harris's job to lose. Well, when did Clark Harris screw up last year? When he st- stayed out there and watched the halftime show. That's it. That's yeah. it. Right. Well, Kevin Huber screwed up in the Super Bowl on the field a couple times where the punts just weren't as good. And I'm not trying to be overly critical. It's just, you're right. I mean, at least to the naked eye, and maybe there's a snap speed type thing where they, they noticed that his speed on, on his you know snaps weren't, it wasn't as fast, but I didn't notice anything with Clark Harris. And again, I'm not Darren Simmons. It might've been just, Hey, we can get this guy, Cal Adamitis, who's that talented. Why not bring him in and, Make him compete, which I don't mind that one bit. Competition's great. I do agree with you, though, especially in this day and age where you're going to see a lot of vanilla stuff in practice or not get hit at all. And the thing that he really needs to show is that he can pick up the different looks and stunts and things that happen up front and, and, and deal with the protection stuff and all the calls and everything that Clark Harris has seen over the past decade plus. Yeah. Can he deal with that? And not only deal with that and adjust to it, but do it better than Clark Harris, mm-hmm. right? Like that's Tough. that's a lot. That's not just holding on field goals. Field goals have been the same. Like these protections, it, it's it's different in the NFL. So that part is, is going to be interesting. I'm not saying he can't do it. It's just going to be really tough. An uphill battle, I think, for him and, and probably for Christian, but I think it's steeper for Adam Midas. Last note before we get out of here, James, is just really quick that Riley Reef has signed with the Chicago Bears for an absolute bag, getting significantly more money than the Bengals paid him for his one-year stint in Cincinnati. So good for Riley Reef. Ten million. I don't think the Bengals were getting close to ten million, up to twelve and a half million. Ten million likely to be earned in terms of salary cap speak, and that's a great payday for Riley Reef, who maybe was ready to go home and sit on the couch and enjoy fishing and some retirement, but instead gets paid. Perhaps one last time, maybe not, but good for Riley Reef, I'd say. Hey, Bears, I'm available. Y'all don't have the receiver position done all the way. Don't worry. I'll, I'll stay on Locked on Bengals, but come on now. I'm available. We, we could send someone else to training camp practices here for the Bengals if you you need someone just for a couple practices or something. Justin Fields needs help. I, I, I'm sorry, James. I'm sorry. I don't think, don't think you're I'm the, the help, help <laughs> that Justin Fields needs. 
in Chicago. And that's going to do it for this episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast to James's chagrin. Well, we're going to be back tomorrow as the Bengals kick off training camp. No Joe Burrow, but that doesn't mean no Lockdown Bengals as our Dance. coverage here continues. Until next time, Bengals fans, thanks for listening. Hootay and have a good one. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.